The following is a conversation with Oliver Marwer and Michael Deichsel, both tax experts at KPMG Austria. In this conversation, we will talk about everything around the topics, digital assets, cryptocurrencies, and taxation. Enjoy the show. Welcome to a new episode of the Life Science Get Together Beginner's Mind podcast today with uh, one of the most popular topics these days. I'm not talking about SARS-CoV-2. Uh, today I'm talking about cryptocurrencies and falling down the digital asset rabbit hole. And I'm very happy to have today on the show with me, Oliver Mavia and Michael Teixel from KPMG Austria. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you very Thanks much for having Hello. me here. Welcome. Good to see you. Good to see you both. Um, cryptocurrencies are all over the internet currently. And whenever I open up uh, YouTube or uh, Google something, immediately I get um, very smart and very nice messages, very well explained. Um, and they all revolve around uh, price predictions. What will Bitcoin be worth next year and in 10 years? And uh, the most interesting price predictions I got was uh, from Raul Paul, for example. Uh, he predicts that next year in spring, uh, Bitcoin most likely is to reach $400,000 uh, in price. And in 10 years, uh, Michael Saylor, for example, estimates that Bitcoin might have a price of up to $15 million per Bitcoin. And the effect that I see when I go through social media channels, like for example, Reddit, is that uh, basically everybody and their grandmother start trading. And they also today got this uh, first indication that a, grand, uh, um, a friend of mine said that his grandmother started buying Bitcoin. So it looks to me very in bubble territory. Uh, my what, also my wife, sorry, also my wife. Oh, sorry, yeah, that's also <laughs> proof of that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and we have this topic on uh, a life science podcast. So this is another proof of, um, for that thesis. Um, definitely, I think cryptocurrencies are going mainstream and everybody is uh, looking at, at this and uh, static trading in that. And there is one open question that I ask myself, uh, what are Uh, the consequences in the real world uh, is it just something that is like baseball cards for example or like uh, in, in Europe it's more the soccer cards uh, uh, for global uh, world championships for example when uh, people buy these uh, stick albums uh, or is does it have more serious consequences like for example uh, buying and selling equity or um, uh, speculating with currencies and uh, Oliver and Michael you are the experts from KPMG on that topic can you give us a little bit background where you are coming from in terms of taxes and uh, cryptocurrencies mm -hmm. yeah thank you very much yeah um, yeah as I said my name is Oliver Marfa uh, I'm a tax consultant senior manager and certified officer at KPMG uh, in Vienna. Uh, and I have more than 10 years now uh, of experience in the field of uh, tax and managerial advisory with especially a focus on international and national tax, uh, SMEs. Also, they're highly uh, focused on entrepreneurs, startups, but at KPMG more on uh, scale-ups. Uh, and restructuring as well, uh, and digitalization and automatization. Um, all these are factors why I've also into cryptocurrencies. Yeah. 
Um, before I rejoined uh, KPMG, was, I was involved in a conceptualization of a startup accelerator program uh, at one of the leading tax advisory firms here in Austria. Um, it's, it was called, uh, or it is called uh, Startup Lightning Accelerator, SLEX. I will talk about uh, one of these uh, uh, participants of uh, the first batch, which was also uh, connected with the um crypto uh, ecosystem um and i uh, assisted throughout this program as a tax advisor for startups yeah um and now i'm excited to be part of uh, kpmg uh, of kpmg's startup initiative smart start uh, which supports young entrepreneurs on their way uh, we know best uh, what to um, what it means to have uh, an own business or to found a uh, uh, own business because uh, several partners um, of KPMG also are invested uh, in startups or maybe they also founded some startups. Yeah, and also my time at uh, Startup Lightning Accelerator was like to found a startup um, as well. Yeah, um, and yeah. We 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 uh, are glad to assist uh, scale-ups, individuals, also in the crypto sector, um, with our reduced fees, yeah, and also to help them to establish uh, their business uh, beyond Austrian borders, because we are uh, part of the global KPMG network. Yeah, so that sums it up. Uh, more information also on the website of KPMG, and um, you could also add me on on LinkedIn because there um, I also um, give updates regularly uh, in the sectors of cryptos or funding because I've also an expert. Um, in, unfortunately, the last year uh, in the uh, Corona uh, uh, aids and measures and fundings, also with the uh, startup uh, fund, the startup venture capital fund. I think uh, it it will uh, never be uh, uh, born. I think yeah, that's that's the problem. This would make up a nice story for a next episode. I think yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think they said it for, uh, one year ago, and they will have uh, a, a certain investment fund, and yeah. That's not the case <laughs> up to date. Um, yeah, in the crypto sector, uh, I advised, I think, since 2013 or 2014, entrepreneurs in this kind of uh, ecosystem. Um, for instance, um, we had, as I already mentioned, Herosphere. Uh, or Hero, formerly known as the Social Bet, in our first batch in the Slacks program. And they made the first initial coin offering in Austria in 2017. Um, and the token holders uh, participated in the re revenues of Hero uh, or the social bet, as well as now I think the cryptocurrency yeah, is listed uh, at certain exchanges. And yeah, it is operated on the Ethereum platform. So that was... Um, a very new thing, and I was very glad that uh, I uh, assisted uh, throughout the Slack program in this kind of matter, yeah, in the first ICO. And they recently made an exit um, to, um, I think, uh, um, 
yeah, they made an exit. Yeah, maybe I, I remember it then uh, correctly. And they are now working on the NFT business line uh, in their company. Yeah? And, I, and I think we will also talk about uh, what, what is an NFT and um, is it... Um, um, like you, you call it, um, uh, the new soccer cards or because, uh, <laughs> NFT, for instance, um, is also very popular in the basketball, um, mm -hmm. card sector because I'm a huge basketball fan, uh, actively, uh, in the past and now uh, more passive. Yeah. And I watch, uh, many games and also the NBA. And yeah, there is like this uh, new kind of basketball card, um, in a NFT form. Yeah, we will talk about that later. Yeah. Um, yeah, and furthermore, uh, I advised plenty of entrepreneurs um, which were engaged in the mining sector a long time ago. <laughs> um, I think we will also talk about uh, the uh, current situation in that sector. Um, but for Texas, it was very straightforward, forward from income taxes, uh, but often there was a problem with VAT. I will also talk about that later. Um, yeah, and furthermore, uh, I advised together with Michael uh on the first sto uh, security token offering in austria what is uh, uh, what by is blockbit STO? what is sto uh security token offering okay. you can get a, a token yeah, and a token is like you get a share of the uh company's profit in, in a, a specific specific form we will talk about that later because uh, it depends uh how this um token and the smart contract is um, um, uh, set up yeah but you get a share of the of the profit uh, of the company yeah yeah let's dive into that later i think it's the ico 2.0 so it sounds much better <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's correct yeah because ico yeah that was uh, i think in 2017 18 yeah, yeah. there was uh, this huge uh, yeah crypto winter and also these uh, uh very big frauds in that kind of sector yeah because it was not regulated by the uh authorities uh in in austria um uh, for instance the fmr and so uh after that uh, the security token offering which uh, are regulated by the fmr um getting more popular and i think it's i, I think we will talk about that later tokenization of assets I think that's the that's the future, yeah. And it could also or will or is now disrupting the finance sector. Um, yeah, um, I would also recommend uh, um, uh, Blockbit. Um, this web app helps with the uh, calculation of uh, taxes with uh, with regard to to cryptos, and it also helps us to um, also um, advise individuals which are come to uh, regularly come to us and uh, would like to have uh, assistance or services with with kind of uh, with regard to the taxation of of crypto trading yeah so you have a profound background in uh, the crypto space and uh, basically i think you are the most accomplished uh, tax advisor in the startup ecosystem michael where are you coming from Thank you very much. Um, thank you very much, Christian, for, for, for hosting us, um, today. Um, my background, of course, is, uh, is a little bit short. Um, I think all of, um, my involvement in crypto and, um, also with uh, KPMG 
uh, started in, I think it was January, February uh, last year when I um, did my master thesis um, at um, the Vienna University of Economics and Business um, in cooperation with the um, Austrian Federal Ministry of Finance on um, other income. So other income basically is the seventh uh, income type of the uh, Austrian uh, Income Tax Act and um, the Federal Ministry of Finance explicitly wanted to have um, the tax treatment of uh, crypto assets, the current tax treatment of crypto assets um, assessed as a part of this uh, master thesis. And um, of course, I, I knew um, before that um, there were such uh, things like uh, Bitcoin, um, Ethereum, etc. But I honestly I didn't get um, involved in um, this kind. Um, and when I started to... Um, Assess the tax treatment. I also started investing in crypto assets, and um, I was uh, at those days. I was working for for another uh, tax advisory firm, and um, due to the master thesis, I really got interested in the field of uh, crypto assets, and I saw a. Um, a, a job description um, of um, a KPMG in cooperation with um, Vienna University of Economics and Business, um, where they sp explicitly um, looked um, for an employee um, who um, is interested um, in that um, a kind of area. I'm um, also for uh, research aspects, and now since um, June last year. I'm part of um, Oliver's uh, team at um, KPMG, but I'm doing the part-time and um, the other part of the week, I'm a teaching and research assistant at the Vienna University of Economics and Business, where I focus on the tax treatment and the accounting treatment of uh, cryptocurrencies. We're also doing a um, PhD thesis on the topic. So I... In addition to the um, practical um, point of view, I try to see these things from a scientific point of view, um, which is which is really thrilling. Um, on the one hand, because there is, we will get to that later. There is only very little information available how uh, the tax treatment works. And on the other hand, as um, Oliver already mentioned, it's a rather dynamic and a rather fast-moving um, environment. So um, it's it. That's really kind of thing, yeah. That's true. It's very fast moving. When I think yeah. back, uh, when I got the this topic the first time on my table, it was back in 2011. I completely ignored it. It <laughs> sounded uh, to me a little bit funny when people asked me whether I would like to buy a token. Uh, it was back in 2011, and uh, I knew token from uh, computer games. So what I associate, uh, what I thought it would be is uh, something that I can use in-game. So my first question was, what what is the game uh, that I can use that in? And the answer was, no, it's not. It's not for a game. So mm -hmm. I asked, what can I do with that? And it said, nothing. You can buy it and you can hold it. And that's it. Sounded very funny to me. And mm -hmm. when I heard the first time of um, the Bitcoin bull run, I think it was 2014-15, I mm, yeah, yeah. did a little bit of research Correct. and uh, quickly came to Warren Buffett's opinion and Charlie Munger's opinion, uh, where they very nicely said uh, Bitcoin is rat poison. And uh, the only thing I did, I copied and pasted it and thought, okay, I mean, it's code, it's code on the internet, it can be easily copied, everybody who wants can uh, set up such a blockchain technology ecosystem. And when there are thousands of tokens, uh, I could not imagine that the price 
of one single token goes up. And I was right because in 2015, if I remember it right, or 14, yeah. we had a huge crash and uh, former Bitcoin millionaires became poor again. And so I thought, that's it. The next uh, wave was in 2017. And uh, it was also very interesting because usually when there is um, a bull run, it's uh, led by institutions. And 2017, it was the opposite. It was led by retail investors and uh, very often investors who were not very familiar with uh, investing anything in uh, securities. And now in 2021, we have the next bull run and uh, Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies saw a high in uh, February. And the price predictions are uh, very interesting. And Oliver, you mentioned already in your opening that uh, there is something behind that uh, ecosystem. You, uh, you mentioned tokenization. Can you explain a little bit what that is and why um, cryptocurrencies are here to stay? Stay with us. We'll be right back. You love listening to podcasts, but have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you want to build a brand, grow your business, or are looking for an excuse to talk about your favorite hobby. Whatever your reason for making a podcast, Buzzsprout is the place to start. Since 2009, Buzzsprout has helped over 300,000 people launch their own podcasts. Buzzsprout walks you step-by-step -step through the whole process and will give you powerful tools to start, grow, and monetize your podcast. Ready to get started? Click the link in the show notes to get our free step-by-step -step guide to starting your podcast today. Yeah, um, because now you can uh, also um, tokenization of an asset means that um, you can issue uh, on a blockchain, for, for instance, on the Ethereum blockchain, a token. Uh, specifically, I talked about a security token that uh, digitally represents a real tradable asset that could be, for instance, a security, yeah, Uh, or, for instance, also piece of art, yeah, or, um, for instance, um, like uh, real estate and so on, yeah. Uh, and in many ways, similar to the traditional process um, uh, of the securitization, is that more with a modern twist also linked to smart contract, to a smart contract. I think maybe uh, Michael, Michael will also uh, give us a defini definition of a smart contract or how to use it. Um, and these security tokens are created through a, a type of um, initial coin offering or a security token offering. Um, and um, you get like a token on the blockchain and uh, you get uh, um, maybe um, a right um, um, of this kind of asset or maybe a right to uh, get future uh, profits or a share of the um, turnovers of the company, for instance, etc., etc. It depends on the smart contract, which is... Um, Uh, defined by the investor and by the uh, company which uh, um, uh, which is um, is which issues the asset which which is registered for instance on the uh, blockchain maybe uh, Michael could you also uh, define what's a smart contract that's uh, a very interesting point what, what is the advantage of having smart contracts I mean we can put everything in paper we have contracts already why does it make a difference? 
Uh, the advantage of a, a smart contract, I have, I think I have, we have to start with the definition of is a smart contract. A smart yeah. contract is um, a computer programmed code on a blockchain that encompasses values, that encompasses rights. And um, these values and rights are connected to an if-when function. So if this and that situation occurs, then those rights or um, those values um, can be um, executed um, by the owner of the smart contract. And one of the major advantages is that since it is a computer code, the administration and the execution of these rights um, can be done automatically. Uh, I think this is this is one of the major advantages, and also um, given the blockchain technology, which um, can be um, seen as a as a distributed um, ledger of all um, transactions. So um, these are, in principle, the the, the most two important transactions: the um, automatic um, execution and administration of the rights, and um, the transparency in the blockchain technology mm -hmm. provides. And it also provides, I think, uh, greater liquidity because you can also offer um, certain assets which are very hard to to um, to sell on the uh, financial market. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they get more accessible. And there's um, uh, a better transparency uh, because of this because of the blockchain, and it also leads, as often leads to faster and cheaper transactions. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a pretty, pretty amazing uh, step into the future. When I um, try to make up a real life example, it's something that I saw on Bitbundle, um, where they basically take uh, normal equity or shares, for example, from Amazon. Mm -hmm. And uh, how, how did you say tokenize that? I've created tokens around it. And What it makes is basically that uh, people who cannot afford to buy one share of Amazon, I mean, currently I think Amazon is around $3,000 or something. It, uh, it, it, it's, more, it's one of the more expensive shares. Uh, they can buy a piece of Amazon via Bitbundle and invest also, I think, one euro or 10 euro or $10 uh, and own basically a part of Amazon. And this is pretty amazing because it... Uh, makes uh, all securities accessible for people uh, with a low net worth, uh, which helps them to get into uh, this creating wealth game uh, that only works with, uh, to be honest, uh, with assets like uh, equity or real estate. Did I get that uh, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, what we are witnessing now, that's one of the market trends actually, is that um, there are many startups emerging that um, go into that um, tokenization of um, shares or tokenization mm -hmm. of real estate sector because um, with real estate, it's basically the same if you want to to buy real estate in the seventh district of Vienna, for example, it's you need a really huge uh, investment, um, which um, many people actually cannot afford. And um, tokenization makes it possible in a rather simplified way to put it, um, to divide this uh, real estate into 100, 1,000, 10,000 yeah. pieces and sell them separately. To, so to crowd, in, crowd investing, crowdfunding 2.0. And we also see like um, that these These companies, for instance, Blockbit, they were the technical enabler uh, for this uh, kind of 
um, um, security token offering. And we, we see now that um, more and more uh, established companies as well as investment funds also um, are beginning to, to tokenize their shares and mm-hmm. increase liquidity for their investors as well. Yeah. And, and I think this is a huge difference to the past. Um, when I think back to 2013-15, I think mostly technicians were in the ecosystem. Um, 2017, it was, it was speculation, in my opinion. So it was pure speculation of retail investors, the get-quick, get-rich-quick scheme. And now I see, uh, as you explain, many use cases, real-life use cases uh, appearing, and uh, these tokens seem to play a crucial role in how we define the financial system in future. In the United States, there seems to be a huge debate ongoing. And so, also in China. <laughs> also in China, China, I think, banned it. Didn't China yeah, they, ban everything? Yes. They banned it a few weeks ago. They banned everything. Yeah. However, uh, China bans them, then allows them, then bans them again. <laughs> so it's... Yeah, because it's out of political system, but we could also talk about hours and hours because of uh, yeah the this kind of topic. Yeah, but we should yeah. Play, we should create more there. podcast episodes around cryptocurrencies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in the in the future, um, in the United States, I mean, we go back to the to the tax implications of tokens. Mm-hmm. Uh, there seemed to be a huge debate ongoing. Um, as far as I perceive it, uh, it's not clear whether it's an asset, so whether tokens are assets. Uh, the first term that was introduced that uh, came to my mind was currencies, cryptocurrencies. Uh, and sometimes you also hear that it could be a commodity. Can uh, you give a little bit of explanation? Does it make any difference uh, when it comes to taxation mm-hmm. or is this just uh, an academic discussion? Let, let me begin with that. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it depends uh, how these um, products are or these tokens are um, structured. Yeah, um, they are neither only an asset, a commodity, or currency. It's a hybrid phenomen- phenomenon uh, of all these three types, often. Yeah, and it, it always depends on the the characteristics uh, stated in the, especially smart contracts or the contracts. Yeah, um, so uh, at first we have usually distinguished between the crypto asset and assets and cryptocurrencies. Yeah are the main types, uh, which also will be reflected in our um, definitions or like um, explanation explanation how to tax uh, this kind of, of assets or currencies. So maybe, Michael, could you please uh, make the definitions for cryptocurrencies and crypto assets? Uh, of course, um, so basically we have to say um, that um, a cryptocurrency is a type or a certain type of a crypto asset. So crypto assets um, basically are um, assets um, that are um, distributed on a distributed ledger technology and um, with um, a cryptographic technology. And um, they can be basically divided into coins and into tokens. And a coins would be what, what we call a cryptocurrency. So a cryptocurrency is a is a means of payment, a means of exchange for goods, um, for services that can be used by legal or natural um, persons, but that is not... Um, uh, implemented as, as as a means of legal tender, it is not a currency like a euro or or a US dollar. Um, for 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 two major reasons, um, 
there is no central bank, um, for example, the uh, European Central Bank or, or other institutions um, that back up um, at the value. And um, the um, second um, reason is that you um, as a business person or, um, for example, um, as, a, as a shop, for example, you are not obliged to accept uh, a cryptocurrency as a means of payment. In, in, in Austria, for instance. In Austria, because in, Austria. in other countries, uh, now they, they established it as a, as a currency. Because yeah, it was El, El, Salvador, was very, yeah. El Salvador was very interesting uh, to very see interesting. that. Well, what is the reason, in your opinion, that El Salvador went down the little tender route? I think they, to, to get more independent uh, by other currencies, especially the, the US dollar, for instance. But maybe, Michael, do you have an other opinion? Um, I, I think the problem is that they have a very high inflation um, on their own currency and they have, as far as I recall, they have a rather um, young leader um, in the country mm. who wants to um, be a part of the, um, of the of this digitalization and wanted to be a first mover because, the, as you already mentioned, the so-called Bitcoin um, law, um, which was um, implemented in June, I think it was, um, when they said they would do it, is it, it is a first mover it is it is um nothing we have seen before we now we see that um some other jurisdictions mm. in this area think about introducing uh bitcoin as a means of uh, legal currency as well um we, we will we will see um where that where it goes i think i, I also need in the sector of developing countries i think or? yeah yeah I heard an interesting theory today in a podcast uh, by a U.S. senator. She made a very interesting point. I will post it. Uh, I will uh, post the episode later in the, the description of the podcast. Uh, she said, uh, "When someone uh, in, from El Salvador lives abroad, uh, today sometimes it's very difficult for them to get a bank account. So they live somewhere. They are no citizens. Uh, they have a work permit, uh, but usually." <laughs> not accepted by the by the general bank system so when they want to send money back to el salvador to their relatives uh, to help them make a living they have to go to western union and buy uh, very high banking fees uh pay very high banking fees so her point was that uh bitcoin and the move from el salvador uh basically drives down the fees for uh the poorest of the poor and also gives them access to a global banking system which uh, they didn't have before I, in my opinion that sounded quite solid this theory what do you think about that uh, i think it's it, it sounds solid it sounds solid. yes um this is uh, i think um one side but the other side mm -hmm. is that we, we we still have to keep in mind that um it is hardly regulated um we mm -hmm. have some steps of regulation in the european union um i think um the us also um has done some regulation on this topic um however in jurisdictions where there is no re regulation at all we can see that it is used for tax evasion that um cryptocurrency transactions are used for um, money laundering so um this is also um the reason why um there is a huge skepticism about introducing uh, Bitcoin or any other cryptocurrency as a means of legal payment because you, at, at this at this time, it's it's, it's hardly regulated. Yeah, and I think uh, currency legal currency needs regulation. And I think what's also a pitfall is is that um, cryptocurrency also have an 
very high environmental impact. So there, because I think we also talk about mining, uh, how um, intensive it's it is uh, for the resources, yeah, and how uh, um, yeah uh, how the reward is there now, uh, very unlikely, yeah. But I think that's that's that is maybe also a pitfall of cryptocurrencies, which uh, maybe. Um, uh, is a problem to introduce them on a uh, um, higher scale, yeah? Well, this is debate about uh, the environmental reasons. Can mm. you give a little bit more details on that? Yeah, maybe we could also give you some examples um, with relation to uh, or with regard to mining. Um, there is also uh, a debate there. So, Michael, could you please also give us the, the information on that? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Money is all around us, and we think about it more than almost every other aspect of our lives. But how can we make more of it, and what's our drive for building wealth beyond just the numbers in our bank account? Join us on the Make More podcast as our host, Matt Heslin, brings to you a dynamic lineup of experts in the world of investing, business, health, and beyond. Together, they unpack the secrets to not just surviving, but thriving in today's economy. It's about more than just wealth. It's about crafting life experiences, seizing opportunities, and building a legacy. Subscribe now to the Make More with Matt Heslin podcast and join us every week for new expert insights and inspiration. Um, well, basically, um, the problem with mining is um, that um, it consumes huge amounts of energy and um you need, you also you also need special hardware to do it and um the more people participate in the um bitcoin network the larger it grows and the more difficult it gets um to be a successful miner to to get to get the block reward and um so the probability of um uh, be a successful miner is shrinking while the amount of energy um which is usually not green energy. For example, 70% of all Bitcoins mined emerge from China. And China yeah. uses um, a huge amount of coal, of coal energy plants. Yes. Um, so um, this is um, one of, one of the major aspects why um, the, the, the environmental and the, the ecological aspect of, of Bitcoins is, is really something we, we, we have to think about. Yeah, yeah because I think Bitcoin and, and other uh, uh, proof of work uh, cryptocurrencies, I think they, they need as much energy uh, as Argent Argentina in a year. I think uh, a few years ago it was only Sweden or so, and, and now it's, I think, or Denmark, and now it's uh, yeah, Argentina, for, for instance, yeah. So, uh, so we have to keep that in mind as well, yeah. Maybe it's it's getting more it's a, uh, better with green energy, yeah, and yeah, it's getting more uh, regulated or uh, yeah, better equipped with the hardware, yeah, so that it that it's not has not that uh, impact on environment as as now, yeah. Yeah, my personal opinion on that uh, when we look at China is that uh, probably energy was one of the main reasons why they drove mining mm -hmm. out of the country. Uh, yeah, they, have, instance, yeah. they have energy also, they have energy shortage anyway with or without crypto mining. And Kathy Wood from Arc Funds and Square made an interesting argument. They said um, they don't believe that uh, Bitcoin, for example, especially Bitcoin, uh, 
is bad for the environment. Uh, their point was that um, green energy is mostly solar or wind have a problem that uh, when they produce energy, very often the energy is not used and this can become a problem mm. for the power grid. And they said uh, yeah. what miners can do is they can basically buy the excess energy and use it in, this, in those times. So, okay, I think that were the advantages and disadvantages advantages of the cryptocurrencies. And now I think there is second um, kind of uh, um, crypto asset would be the crypto asset yeah so maybe uh for instance also nfts we could also talk about uh, that uh, um, in a nutshell but uh michael could you please also give an explanation of what is a crypto asset um so so basically um uh, crypto assets besides in coins um we we still have the second category the category of, of tokens uh which we um already explained um the the, the main advantage of tokens is uh, a token is is some kind of um also um uh electronically or digitally um stored um data that again encompasses um rights and values and the major advantage of the token um besides um the ability to divide the assets into nearly as many parts as you want um is um that um you can design them in your very unique way they can um they basically they're determined by the usage so what you can what what use you can make of it um for example you have these utility tokens that are um like a digital um a voucher an electronic voucher you have these um security tokens which you would use for example to divide shares to divide a real estate which um can be seen as some kind of um, financial instrument, some kind of uh, participation, right? Um, also for, for tax reasons. And you also have these, these uh, payment tokens, um, for example, where, which are similar to coins. Um, you also, what we're seeing now with, for example, with the Cardano is some um, so-called governance token where you, as investor, as a user, have the ability to actively participate in the design of the, of the crypto network. So uh, we, we see huge amounts of different of different tokens of different crypto assets. And um, Oliver also as the, the the NFTs, um, which are emerging right now in the in the cultural sector, is a really interesting phenomenon. Yeah. So maybe a definition of the NFT. Uh, I would like to 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 give you on on that is. It's, it's a unique and uh, non-interchangeable unit of data stored in a digital let, uh, ledger. Uh, for instance, uh, in the art sector, uh, you can now um, um, make sure that uh, your kind of uh, asset or photograph, for instance, cannot be um, copied or shared with, without your consent. Uh, uh, and... Um, so um, it also clearly represents rights uh, and um, for Texas, uh, as we will talk about that, is it, it is considered as an intangible asset, um, as a crypto asset. Yeah, And I think, um, as many experts said in the past, is that around 40% of the new crypto users now uh, will use these NFTs, for instance, as I already mentioned this, for instance, basketball cards, yeah, as an NFT, yeah, as their entry point, yeah. And as a result of that, um, it will uh, grow more in popularity. Also with other crypto assets, they 
are the enablers uh, of um, uh, to 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 invest more in crypto assets, uh, and it will also shape the digital economy economy in the future. I think they will stay here. Um, these kind of assets, these NFTs, yeah, it's not a hype. I think it it, it will, it will, it will stay here in the digital economy. No, I absolutely believe that. I mean, when I look on, uh, especially trading card games, for example, I mean they are digital already, and they had one specific problem that uh, the cards mm. uh, were not unique. So it's basically just code. Yeah. You can be copied or uh, it can be counterfeited. Um, pretty easy. And in the real world, when you look at uh, base basketball cards or baseball cards, for example, I mean, they are pretty unique. So it's one print and uh, they can mm. go up in value. Uh, I think NFT can fix that. So it's uh, basically they create a unique copy that cannot be uh, counterfeited. Did I did I understand it right? Yeah, correct. Yeah. So exactly. I think that's, it, it cannot but, be multiplied. Yeah. But but yeah. the thing is that comes with that then is well, what does it mean uh, in terms of taxation? I mean, when I look at the price, uh, you can buy tokens basically for low or for high prices, and they can. What I didn't expect, they can uh, create really extremely high gains. So I think if I remember it right, there was one picture that sold for hundreds of millions. So a Bitcoin billionaire uh, bought an NFT. Uh, what does that mean for the seller? Is this uh, a taxable event or is mm -hmm. this just uh, fun? <laughs> yeah. So um, like uh, crypto assets are treated like uh, other tangible or intangible assets. I will focus on the income tax uh, treatment of, uh, um, of crypto assets as part of a private asset. I also could recommend, I think, the Crypto Steuer Guide uh, by KPMG also, uh, and Blockbit. Yeah, I think uh, Michael uh, is a co-author of that. Yeah. Um, in your example, um, it's not interest-bearing uh, uh, in investment. So the, the selling or the exchange of the crypto asset uh, would be a, spec, a spec, uh, speculative uh, transaction uh, in, in accordance with the Austrian Income Tax Act. And if the period between the acquisition and disposal of this uh, asset uh, doesn't exceed one year, uh, then it's uh, um, taxable. It's a taxable event, yeah. And the uh, tax rate up to uh, fifty or fifty-five percent would be uh, applicable, yeah. Um, also, the trading between crypto assets and the exchange of virtual currencies, or when you buy with your um, with your cryptocurrency services or assets, then it would also be a taxable event, and it could be a problem that uh, you have gained. Um, Profits and in the next year losses, but you cannot um, offset them. Yeah, and you can also um, at the moment um, you are not allowed to bring the uh, losses forward to the next year. And it could be that you have to pay taxes, but you're not uh, um, know that uh, exactly because you thought yeah, you you only traded and you didn't get any cash or you don't uh, exchange it in fiat uh, for instance in euro and so uh, that could be a problem especially because now uh, the the eu uh, plans to uh, regulate um, kind of sector the crypto sectors uh, especially uh, in order that um, the information um, have to be or the know your customer processes have to be um, uh, implemented um, strictly in the uh, crypto ecosystem. 
So I think, Michael, could you please uh, give us an um, uh, explanation of that? But what could be the, the problem for the crypto trade in the, in the future? Uh, of course. And I think, um, Oliver, you put it, um, it's a really good point because that this is why the taxation, the correct taxation of uh, crypto assets is is so relevant because um, if we um, look in terms of the European Union, we have seen um, a two major steps towards regulation. The first has already been implemented. This was the um, fifth anti-money laundering directive by the EU Commission which um, had to be implemented into national law um, by um, January last year. So, um, which basically mandates um, the owners of um, a crypto um, exchange service um, to um, really um, um, do these um, KYC, these know your customer procedures to collect data about their customers um, to look where does the money come from and they do not have to do it once so they have to repeat it every year. So um, the um, anonymity, the pseudonymity um, which um, is a major um, part of crypto assets which is basically one thing why I think you would invest in cryptocurrency is um, slowly diminishing um, because um, what we see now um, is from um, December last year. This is a, a proposal to amend the directive on the automatic exchange of information by the EU. For example, as you might know it from your bank account, if you um, are an Austrian resident and are also resident in, in Germany, then there's an automatic um, exchange of information between the tax authorities at the beginning and the end of the year. This encompasses um, financial instruments. Um, this encompasses real estate however it does not encompass crypto assets and um, there is a proposal by the EU to also to expand this automatic um, exchange of information um, to crypto assets um, which I think um, will be is likely to 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 be implemented because um, as we pointed out at the beginning um, of the session um, we have an increasing relevance and an increasing popularity of this of this topic yeah. That's so, very it's, oh, sorry. An, it's, it's an interesting um, uh, point that you make um, when I go back to what you said, Oliver, uh, with the NFT. So um, it means someone who buys an NFT for, let's say, for one euro and finds uh, two years later a crypto billionaire who wants to purchase it for 100 million. Uh, it basically is tax-free as long as it's... Uh, a transaction after 12 months but what is with the artist i mean the artist never acquired this nft uh, what does that mean in the world of the artist is it uh, the same thing that you say after one year after you create it's your nft uh and you sell it uh it's tax-free and below one year it's uh taxable but how to prove that so yeah i think that's a very interesting question because it's uh he he would uh, the artist uh, he or she would uh, create this kind of assert um, so I think it's very hard to say yeah but then it's created um, when it's created I think you can also uh, prove yeah and if you uh, sell it after one year yeah um, you could offset it uh, with the um cost to to create it yeah and uh, the difference would be the the uh the profit or loss uh, mm -hmm. so is that correct michael or 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's correct. So, but that's that's only uh, the regulation now because as uh, uh, now in place and also for the I think for the next year maybe yeah. But uh, there is uh, there are plans to to maybe um, amend the regulations with with regard to the uh, crypto assets. Uh, maybe Michael, could you give us a glimpse uh, what to expect in that regard? I think. We had these examples in the past with uh, the amendments with regard to uh, the capital uh, income in yeah, 2011, yeah. 2012. Exactly, because I think this is right what, what, what we talked about um, the, the, the past 15 minutes. Because um, if we go back to um, when Bitcoin started, because it was invented um, at the beginning of uh, 2009 um, in Japan, it was created as a, as, as a means of payment, as an alternative anonymous means of payment. And if we um, I go back to 2021 um, to now, we see that is, uh, of course, it can be used as a means of payment. It can be used as a means of, of exchange, which we already explained. But by most of the people, it is used as an alternative investment, uh, the same as you would do with uh, financial instruments. And um, uh, in Austria, more and more details about the um, eco-social tax reform, um, mm. which is to take place uh, in, in very shortly. Um, has also um, seen these developments and um, from what we know, it's very little what we know by now, but from what we know is that it is planned to um, harmonize the taxation of crypto assets and the taxation of financial instruments. So um, as far as um, we know and how the information is read by experts in Austria and um, by tax scientists in Austria is that we can expect a in a few in the near future we can expect the taxation similar to to capital income which means that there's no holding period no matter if the time between the purchase and um, the sale is one day or 500 days there will always be a taxable event a taxable event will be the difference between the acquisition cost and um, the um, selling price, which is basically the, the market yeah. price you, you you gain for the asset. And um, it might be possible that the special tax rate of 27.5% um, will uh, apply. Uh, however, we, we, we have to see how that will be um, in detail. Yeah. There's one point that I find very confusing. So um, when I think about tokens, we see it as a means of exchange. Yeah. Um, there might very well be that uh, people, for example, I mean, Tesla had had a time when they accepted Bitcoin yeah. for yeah. buying Tesla. And also, um, I think with El Salvador, the next thing that might come is that some people will uh, agree with their employer that they get paid in Bitcoin or in cryptocurrencies. I think it's a likely event of the next three or four years. Um, but what does it mean for taxation then? Um, when I, when those people want to buy, for example, a Tesla or, or a coffee, uh, when they get initially paid, paid in Bitcoin, um, what are the taxable events here? Stay with us. We'll be right back. The Coaching Conversation 2024. This podcast is 100% dedicated to leadership and leadership within the workplace coaching area. 
We work with companies throughout the world teaching leaders how to coach their employees. This podcast is dedicated to teaching specific strategies, frameworks, coaching models, and now artificial intelligence strategies to help leaders drive greater teamwork, collaboration, cooperation, greater attitudes, better motivation, coaching career development, just to name a few. I hope you'll check out our podcast. Um, uh, if we if we look at the, the, the tax treatment in Austria as it is now, and if um, I as an employee get paid in bitcoins, for example, um, it would be treated um, it would be treated just as the as the, as the salaries um, for tax reasons. It would be treated as the salary as, as I am get now, because um, the the Austrian tax authorities um, have not assessed the topping yet. However, the German tax authorities. Mm. have assessed this very topic. They said, yeah, what is the case if an employee of the startup, for example, gets um, a utility token or any other token um, as um, part of the monthly salary? And they say it, and you can you can compare the Austrian and the German um, tax view um, to a certain point, given that until 1945 it was it was the same. Um, so they say it is it is just treated um, like the salary for for, for for income tax reasons. So um, there is this, there's the salaries tax. Um, which um, is deducted by the employer, and at the end of the year you do the annual tax return. Yeah. This this can be very interesting because, for example, I mean, um, today Bitcoin has a price, I think, of sixty thousand dollars or something. So when you get, let's say, you get your annual salary today, and it's sixty thousand, it's one Bitcoin. And uh, when the taxes are due next year, Bitcoin might have a price of twenty thousand dollars. So there is a very high currency risk in that. Yeah. Do I understand it right when it comes to taxation? Mm. Um, well, but you 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 have to um, see um, the, the taxable event um, for private individual in Austria always um, occurs when the income inflow occurs, and um, if um, at the for example at the um, your salary of January 2021 was um, let let let's say one Bitcoin. And it was, I think this was when it was 50,000 euros or something like that. The 50,000 are taxable basis. Um, mm -hmm. It doesn't matter um, what um, the price is at the end of the year. When, I, when, I, when I think about the freelancers, it can be very interesting. So, for example, when a freelancer gets paid today and the taxes are due next year and uh, the Bitcoin lost two thirds of the value, uh, but <laughs> The tax is based on uh, the time when uh, the, 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 the invoice was settled. Might be very interesting. Um, so, so sorry, sorry to interrupt, because uh, for me, uh, I have to to bring my daughter to the dancing lesson. But I think you can go on uh, to to maybe talk to uh, more detail uh, about the I think the tax reform and, and other uh, um, um, very interesting topics. Uh, but at the end, I uh, would like to to give a shout out uh, to the uh, uh, investors and traders of crypto assets, especially with uh, the taxation in the past. When you get maybe a letter from the tax office and you think, yeah, you 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 had not uh, declared the taxes in a uh, sufficient way, yeah. Uh, or a compliant way, uh, there are always um, ways to to get uh, to get the things right. Um, for instance, you can make it self-disclosure, but you have to tackle it in a right way. And um, 
uh, we would be happy to assist you uh, with that. Also to to um, advise you on how to um, uh, treat your trading uh, compliant tax way. And also we could uh, inform you about uh, what to do uh, in the next year, maybe uh, in order to minimize the tax burden uh, because of the new tax reform uh, um, in place in the next few months. Yeah. Sounds great. Thank you very much, Oliver, for joining and uh, have fun with your daughter at the dancing classes. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Uh, thank you very much, Michael. Yeah. And all thank the best you. to you guys out there. Yeah. Bye. All the best to you too. Bye, Michael. Let's let's go for, uh, over a few use cases, I would say, um, and share, make the audience of the podcast a little bit more sensitive towards the necessity of uh, <clears throat> also having taxation in mind. Um, when we go back to this Bitcoin example, for example, when someone gets paid in Bitcoin um, and then starts using bitcoin for daily purchases for example bitpanda has a, an instrument invented together with visa where you can basically use a visa card and in the background uh they settle the transaction from uh, a bitcoin account um did i understand you right from your explanation that every single uh transaction is basically then a taxable event yeah, because it's it's considered an intangible asset. Um, so um, and um, then this, in Austria we call it barter transaction. So if you exchange one asset to another asset, then um, the market value of the of of the given asset um, is um, what um, determines um, the tax base. And each of these transactions, yes, um, would um, would be a taxable event. Um, that's why in with the tax treatment we we, we have with this um, one year um, a peer holding period it's crucial that you do some documentation about um, when did you purchase the asset and um, when did you sell the asset or when was the payment or, ex or exchange I mean if you do it with a visa service with Bitpanda I'm sure they have or, or you, you might think they have a software that um, does the that does the documentation, but this is crucial for the one-year holding period, yes. So it means um, after one year currently, and with the current regulation after one-year holding Bitcoin, um, it can be used as a lucky currency, so it's uh, not a taxable event then. But uh, everything below, for example, Bitcoins that were purchased at the price of, uh, I think it was 9,000 in December 2020, and are now used for buying a car, um, it's definitely a taxable event. It's a taxable event, yes. That, that's very interesting. Um, there is um, one question that is uh, that I can't answer with my uh, rudimentary tax uh, ex uh, knowledge from the 90s. Um, the wallets or the crypto exchanges, I mean, for example, Coinbase is based in the United States and they have different tax laws and um, Austrians can easily create um, a wallet and an account at Coinbase and purchase uh, Bitcoin. And I think Coinbase probably has also the server located somewhere in the United States. Um, can it be that uh, the sim simple transactions of buying and selling of Bitcoin can uh, create taxable events in other countries? Um, yeah, that, that, that is possible that, the, um, because I mean, that, that's hard to, to tell in general, but, um, because 
but that always depends on the on the tax law of the of the foreign jurisdiction. Um, but um, it can be a taxable event in a foreign country because it depends on the tax treaty. You know, um, if you are a resident in Austria, um, you're subject to worldwide taxation. So every taxable income anywhere in the world is subject to Austrian income tax. And this event can also be subject to a taxable event in Austria. And in order to avoid these double taxation, there are tax treaties. And um, the tax treaties differ from country to country. And um, it depends then on the tax treaty that applies um, if there is a taxable event in a foreign country. But yes, generally speaking, it can be possible. That's very interesting. So when I look back to the 90s, um, these double tax treaties mostly were... Uh, for high, very high net worth individuals or yeah. for businesses um, and the transactions. I think when a, a business from Austria did uh, transactions with a US company, it was millions or billions. So it uh, was one of the smallest transactions and private people made from day to day transactions when they traveled. And now with the networked economy, for the mere fact of uh, where the servers are located, uh, also 10 euro purchases of Bitcoin uh, can have to be fueled under double tax treaties. Is that uh, the right understanding? Yeah, um, however, you you have to say that uh, most of the tax treaties, the basics of the tax treaties, were created in the in the early 1920s. So these tax treaties were created when we did not have any clue about digitalization, when we didn't have any clue about the internet. Um, so um, uh, I, I think that there might be an adaption of these um, tax treaties necessary in order to cope with that new technology. Yeah, but this is a huge work package for all governments. Yeah, yeah, probably, of, I would of, say. of course, of course, it's huge. Um, but um, um, I think this has not so much to do with crypto. But we can see that um, the European Union, the OECD, if you look at this um, OECD initiative for the minimum. Uh, a tax rate of 15%, the global minimum tax rate. So I think um, if we look at that, um, we can see that um, organizations and states all around the world um, go on and work to reduce um, this work package. Yeah, harmonization would make sense. So when you pay yeah. on certain transactions, taxes uh, somewhere in the world, it's a certain tax rate and... Uh, these reliefs from all other taxes it, it makes it makes it makes sense otherwise it would be very complex because uh i think private people cannot afford uh proper tax consultancy for small yeah. transactions but currently run into the risk that they might have uh, legal consequences when they travel somewhere to another country because uh without knowing they created the tax event and um it's an interesting perspective. Uh, let's look at uh, other possibilities to purchase cryptocurrencies. I think uh, ETFs is something that is very popular currently in Europe, which, in my opinion, uh, uh, makes the process of buying and holding crypto assets or digital assets uh, simpler and easier. Uh, what about ETFs? Uh, is this also within this 12 months holding period? So, are there other tax laws applicable? Uh, yeah, in fact, there are other tax laws applicable because um, basically it would be an investment fund, um, mm -hmm. and investment funds for 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 individuals is um, subject to um, a capital gains taxation. So, um, and with no holding period and um, with um, the a special tax rate of um, twenty seven point um, five percent. So this is where we really go 
from um, the intangible asset to a, a financial instrument. Yeah. Okay, so it's basically just a standard tax rate that uh, for yeah. all financial instruments are applicable. Yeah. Um, the the next case that I find very interesting is that uh, companies like Tesla or MicroStrategy starting uh, building partially their uh, business strategy around Bitcoin. Um, does that change anything for people who own equity in the company? Do, do they have uh, to think about uh, additional uh, tax consequences or is it just treated with the capital gains tax? Like uh it, it is just treated with the capital gains tax because basically if you if if you know uh, if if you uh, possess if you own a share of of tesla for example um then um tesla um, can 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 own many assets they can own assets whatever whatever they want um but the share you own is um considered um a financial instrument and therefore capital gains tax um applies so if they use bitcoin for the strategy is not important for the immediate shareholder it would be important for the person who wants to invest in in, in bitcoin because what we have seen when Elon Musk um, suddenly said no we will not accept um, bitcoin anymore i think it dropped 10 percent <laughs> so it's, it's a, a real crazy sometimes Yeah, the greatest asset of Tesla is Elon Musk. So he has yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. great influence on markets. I think also Dogecoin. <laughs> yeah, do, 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 Dogecoin is, uh, I think now I, I see so many people investing in Dogecoin and I think um, the value gains are up to 200%. So I think because at the beginning it, it was designed as a, as a fun coin. I mean, this was basically a, a joke at the beginning and now people really start honestly investing in Dogecoin. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't see I don't see a use case other than uh, trading for fun. Yeah, yeah it's trading for fun. <laughs> uh, compared to, I think Michael Saylor pushes Bitcoin towards uh, it's a store of value, which uh, which makes sense. Yeah. And as far as I understand your explanations and Oliver's explanations is when private people purchase Bitcoin with the intention to hold it and uh, bet on the tremendous increase in value up to 15 million per Bitcoin. Uh, after one year, they are basically tax-free, but they can also not use the losses. So exactly set off, um, which is a great thing. Um, when I look at companies in Austria, what is when Austrian companies decide uh, to purchase Bitcoin, for example, for transactions, what are the tax consequences for companies? Are they similar to private people or are the other tax laws applicable? Um, well, um, it, it, it depends. It, it depends on the legal form, but um, if it is a corporation, um, then corporate income tax um, would apply. And corporate income tax um, for, for 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 any tax um, for any income type is some standard twenty five percent flat tax, and there is no holding period. So um, if um, you as a corporation buy and sell it, um, it again, it is, it, it is merely the same as with um, the capital um, uh, income taxation. And there is no holding period and there is a standard tax rate of, of, of 25%. Yeah? And um, if you are a partnership, um, no, no corporation, but a, a, a partnership, um, there is also um, a no holding period. Because um, it's also considered um, business income, 
but you still have the progressive tax rate up to uh, 55% mm-hmm. because if there's a partnership, not the partnership is the, the tax subject, but the partners behind this partnership are the tax subject. So individual persons are a tax subject and they are uh, taxed on their individual basis. I mean, we, we always say that the progressive tax rate is up to 55%, but uh, please consider that this is a really a really rare case because um, only income exceeding 1 million euros is taxed at 55%. I think in Austria, these are 480 people, um, for example. So the 50% tax rate for income above 90,000 euros is the one that will more likely apply, the highest tax rate. I completely agree to what you say until 2011, um, where the usual way to making a million was uh, make a salary or create a company and also creating companies uh, until they uh, appreciate in value that value that much that uh, the CEO or founder of a company can uh, sell off shares uh, of his uh, company without negative consequences. Yeah. Um, it's most most likely 10 or 20 years. Um, when I look at Bitcoin uh, with the gains of Bitcoin, uh, I would assume that there's one or the other hidden millionaires. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, That's true, yeah. Among us, because if, I think, I mean, uh, it was, I think, in, in a Big Bang Theory episode of uh, 2013 or 14 or 15, where they uh, elaborated on uh, the lost keys of a Bitcoin wallet. <laughs> Uh, so it might very well be that uh, some some coins, but as long as it's private people, they are pretty safe under the current tax laws. Uh, when the wallet is held by corporation and at some point in time they sell it, uh, they basically must use the regular corporate uh, tax rate yeah. uh, and that's it. But uh, you mentioned very often in this podcast before, Oliver, that uh, the tax laws are subject to change in the future. So it will not stay the same. What are the biggest changes that you see coming in the next five years? Uh, the big, I think um, one of the biggest changes um, will take place in the in the eco-social tax reform, um, which the Austrian government will mm-hmm. um, introduce um, I think it is possible that we will be introduced already by January the 1st next year, that um, there is a harmonization with um, the, the, the capital income um, because um, we also, we, we always have to um, look, okay, what are people doing with an asset and um, they're not um, using crypto assets or cryptocurrency as means of payment. They're using it um, as, as, as means of, of alternative investment. Yeah. So I, and I think this will also be the case in, in, in any other countries. For example, um, also Germany says that, um, if, um, specific, um, uh, if specific, um, characteristics of the assets are fulfilled, it can be a financial instrument. So I think that we will go, um, towards a taxation like financial instruments, which in most of the jurisdictions, not all in Austria, but which in most of the jurisdictions implies a special tax rate. So that means no more progressive tax rate, no more holding period. For example, mm. in Germany, also, you also have this one-year holding period, which can be exceeded to 10 years if certain um, criteria are met. And um, no more progressive tax rate, but flat tax and no holding period. Yeah, it's, uh, I understand the topic not well enough. For example, with the smart uh, contracts, uh, there are also token involved, I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
but what if people purchase or companies purchase these tokens then for executing the smart contracts? Uh, are they treated differently then? Um, uh, yeah, yeah, it, it, it depends um, on the token. Um, actually, the problem is we haven't seen um, the details about um, the, the, the tax reform. And for example, the Austrian tax authorities um, only refer to the term cryptocurrencies in the tax mm. reform. And please uh, keep in mind, we've already established that there is a huge difference between cryptocurrencies and crypto assets. And in, in my view, what, um, we, we have to, we have, we have to see, have a differentiated view because I think the, the, the tax treatment now is not correct for, for, for all the, the, the speculative income, the, the holding period is not correct for all crypto assets and, um, a, Capital taxation for all crypto assets would also not be correct in my view because there are so many, there are so many different designs. There are so many different rights and values, um, which in my humble opinion require a different, um, tax treatment. Yeah. yeah I agree with that. I mean, before 2017, mostly in the mass media, it was Bitcoin. Yeah. Uh, with the definition and since 2017, the universe expanded tremendously. I think currently <laughs> yeah. it's about 10,000 different tokens. Yeah, it's, it's huge. Where, uh, many work on smart contracts or uh, not so much for speculation or, or store of values, but, uh, also I read about some projects, uh, who try to remodel the financial system structurally. Uh, this this whole DeFi movement and it's getting more and more complicated. So I think yeah. uh, keeping yeah. uh, that into tax regulations uh, it's, it will be very interesting. I mean, uh, crypto asset uh, space seems to be very fast moving yeah. and governments are usually, when it comes to taxation and uh, laws, slower moving. Yeah, yeah, I think um, that's um, maybe one of the problems that uh, yeah, I think you can put it like that, that the, the, the crypto scene is moving a little bit too fast for the <laughs> legislator to, to, to cope with. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah the, the, I think the, the political systems uh, are rooted uh, 100, 200 years ago. Uh, yeah, yeah. in how they operate structural and the crypto space makes use of uh, today's technology on a global yeah. scale yeah. which uh, is really interesting to see how quick this thing can move yeah yeah, well, I mean, I think we we, we have already discussed um, this topic about the 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 um, technological um, impact on the tax treatment not only with crypto assets but also with uh, Google, Amazon, Spotify, you name it, because um, all these um, tax provisions emerged from the early 20th century, where a permanent establishment, for example, is something mm -hmm. physical, something physical you can touch. And in today's uh, global world, um, a PE is not, must not, or, or is not necessarily something that you can touch. It's, it can be something that is stored in the cloud or something like that. So, and we experience the same difficulties with, with crypto assets. Yeah. Yeah. No, the, the, the use case that I like the most and which is also very practicable today is, um, transaction of larger amounts, uh, globally. So, I mean, historically, uh, transferring billions uh, from from Europe to the United States was a slow process involving a lot of institutions yeah, yeah. making sure that the transaction is correct is right nothing gets lost uh, or that the billions uh, 
don't uh, end up somewhere uh, on the wrong bank account. And with Bitcoin, the fees were very high. So, and they're still very high, in my opinion, compared to Bitcoin. I mean, when I look yeah, at yeah. Bitcoin, a transaction can be executed within uh, the blink of an eye. Uh, yes, I know it might take some time uh, on the blockchain to, to close the transaction, but the fees compared to the traditional system are extremely low for yeah. such large-scale transactions. And this is, a, my opinion, is uh, the first outlook of how game-changing this technology will be in future. Yeah, yeah it's, it's definitely a game-changer, yes. The uh, one final question I would like to ask you, I mean, in my opinion, uh, this whole crypto world and taxation is a moving target. And it's very tricky to keep up. Um, what is your recommendation if uh, someone wants to get more and especially tailor-made advice? If, I mean, as we saw in the discussion, there are so many use cases, so many different situations uh, that I think there is no uh, one-fit-all solution. So when someone wants to have advice, where can he go? Um, basically, um, what... Um, I think you you have to decide between what you want, what you want because um, um, asset planning or estate planning is something we in the tax department actually do not do. We um, only advise on the tax structure, um, the um, possible um, tax solutions. Um, so I think you would need a tax advisor and you would need a, a strategic advisor or an asset advisor or something um, like um, that. So, and I think if you combine uh, these um, two components, um, then that you, you can really um, develop a, a good portfolio. Yes. Uh, but uh, of course, um, as, as you already mentioned, it, I think um, it is hard to a certain aspect, to a certain point, it is hard to predict um, what the future will bring and um, what the, the value of all these tokens and uh, coins um, will be in the future because we always have to keep in mind that what we are facing is a high yield, high risk asset. You, you can um, gain millions, but you can lose millions. And I think that's what we also have to keep in mind when um, dealing with, with cryptos. I absolutely agree to that, what you say. Nice final words. Uh, <laughs> always keep in your mind that price predictions are predictions. And as far as I know, nobody, even Ray Dalio says he, is, he cannot predict the market. Yeah. Or Warren Buffett also says they cannot predict the market. So cryptocurrencies can be very valuable in future. They can have the same value or they can have no value at all. So we will see yeah, exactly. what the future brings. And uh, if anybody from the audience wants to have tax advice, I think they can reach out to you and of Oliver. Of course, of course. We will be and you can also hook them up with other experts in the field for uh, asset management advice or yeah. technical advice. Yeah, yeah sure. of course. Of course, we, we, we have a, a, a network in the sector, yes. Michael, thank you very much for your time and for this interesting conversation. Let's uh, plan for another episode where we look more on the technical aspects of uh, the cryptocurrency world. Uh, I would be delighted. Um, thank you, Christian, for, for, for hosting me and Oliver today. It was a, it was a real pleasure. And um, also to the audience, um, thank you um, for listening to us and all the best to you. Have a great day. Bye. And bye, Christian. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Please, please share the podcast and make sure you've subscribed. Have a great day. Mm -hmm.